From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast as we come to you from Casa de Ocho. Si. Bueno, senor. See, here we are. Uh, we're, we're on Mark's back porch right now. It's beautiful out here. It's gorgeous. This is the reason you live in Jacksonville. Uh, we are uh, recording this on Wednesday, approximately five hours before the official uh, news will will be released of oh the my. Nick Foles signing. Oh, did you, are you aware that the Jaguars are going to sign Nick Foles? Has that been brought up to you? Who's Nick Foles? Uh, he's an American football quarterback. Gotcha. Uh, who began his career at Michigan State? Is he a Michigan State? Uh, actually, he, he did started he really? there, then transferred there after a year, went to Arizona. Um, okay. And there was a there was a loaded Michigan State uh, quarterback room his freshman year. Like Hoyer and um, Cousins were there at the same time. That's crazy. So imagine that. Wow. Somebody did some good that recruiting. Is, that is a loaded quarterback room. So. Uh, we're not going to rehash too much about uh, Foles himself. We'll talk, touch on it a little bit. But we do want to talk a little bit about the move and whether the contract makes sense and whether the Jaguars overpaid. Mm. Also coming up here, we're going to talk about whether the Jaguars have missed out on making another move that could have made a difference for this team and how they're going to replace some of the guys who have, who have gone or, and who are leaving, signing elsewhere in free agency. Uh, we'll be getting into the draft after this uh, on future editions of Teal the Podcast because it's pretty certain now that the Jaguars at number seven aren't going to be drafting a quarterback. No. So uh, we'll be talking about what they're going to be doing here in the future. I'm just going to do one-word answers to the whole podcast. Yeah, that'll be great. Good. Okay. Yep. Dynamite drop-in, Mark. That broadcasting school is really paying off. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so $22 million a year, uh, four years, $88 million, $50 million plus guaranteed, Incentives up to 102 million. Nice work if you can get it. Yes. And at first blush, you say, "Boy, that's a huge contract." Uh, let me throw a couple of stats in here that that may be valuable to determining just how uh, this contract uh, fits into the Jaguars. Nick Foles has the 13th most guaranteed dollars for quarterbacks in the National Football League. In his contract, if he plays up to the 13th best quarterback in the NFL, I think the Jaguars would be pretty pleased with the move. Isn't that about where you think their expectation is for him? I would agree with that. Um, yeah, that's about right. That's about right. And if he plays to, to that spot, and by the way, there are a lot of guys who have less in terms of guaranteed money because they're on their first contracts. Guys like. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and others who you'd, sure. who you'd take right now. Yep. Uh, but Carson Wentz is also among them. Jared Goff among them. So guys who, have, who are lower on their, in their first contracts. Uh, that is a huge benefit for teams right now when you have a young quarterback in their first contract uh, because it gives you so much more room. As we're seeing with the, with the Browns and Baker Mayfield's contract, they're able to go out and add a bunch of players in free agency. If you if you nail that first that quarterback in the draft, if you if you know in the first year or two that that you got the right guy, boy, it gives you some opportunities. And we're seeing that play out right now. You mentioned Cleveland and and uh, boy, I mean, you talk about giving a quarterback a supporting cast, mm-hmm. just adding OBJ and and uh, I don't think the Jaguars really have that luxury. It appears getting back to that big contract for Nick Foles. Yeah, and so the impact on the salary cap is 
Jaguars had about, well, some round numbers, around $30 million in cap space available coming into free agency. They're going to get another $4.5 million in cap space this year when they let Bortles go. Mm-hmm. So there's $34.5 million roughly, using round numbers. Um, Foles contract, depending on how it's structured, so the $50 million spread over four years. Yep. Twelve and a half million a year, roughly in in amortized, guaranteed money, and then if it's uh, you know the rest of the contract averages nineteen million dollars per season. So if you start looking at, or rather, beg your pardon, uh, I'm going to do some quick math here. Eighty-eight million in <laughs> I have total. A calculator in the house. Can we you get an abacus over here, somebody? <laughs> uh, eighty-eight million minus the fifty. So it's thirty-eight million over four years. So you're talking about roughly. Nine million a year mm-hmm. in in salary each year. So if you stagger that, where it goes five million, seven million, nine million, whatever, the fourth year is almost a, a, a non-year right. in a lot of ways. Yep. And one of the things we've talked about from time to time in the past is how having a quarterback who is living up to or exceeding his contract gives you so much flexibility in the salary cap because at thirty years old right now. If Nick Foles has six or seven more good years in the NFL, and who knows if he does or not, right. but if he, if he does play up to the contract, once you get two years in, you can renegotiate his deal, add another year on, Absolutely. give him some signing bonus, everybody's happy, Foles has more folding money, and the Jaguars have more salary cap room. And that works great, as it has for the Patriots for years, and uh, uh, New Orleans with Drew Brees. If you know your guy is that guy, you sort of borrow from the bank of the quarterback. What does he have to do in order to have the Jaguars feel yeah. good about borrowing from the bank of the quarterback? The hard part is we don't know if he's that good, or less, or at least we don't know if he's going to be that good for the Jaguars. Listen, I've said this before, um, and most would agree, most should agree, Nick Foles is not an elite quarterback at this point. He has had elite moments. Um, and you look at those, you look at those numbers, that big contract, listen, I'm all for it. And because, uh, they've, they got their guy. Now, did we overpay a little bit? You know what? Ask me in three years, because mm-hmm. nobody's going to really care if we win a Super Bowl next year or the year after that, you know? Uh, but the hard part about that is, is that if Nick Foles comes in here and just plays average, less, you know, he doesn't meet expectations they win six or seven games well then everyone's going to be you know pretty upset so a lot of it depends on really how he proceeds going from from here um it's a tough one but you know when you when you're throwing out big numbers to a to a free agent quarterback uh it really limits you on what you could do in free agency and we'll, we're going to find that out you know here it's a tough one it's, it it's a real in the short term it limits you, you in the short term because yes. now you've just taken you're basically uh, this year. You talk about the uh, the leftover of, of Bortles' contract plus this new contract. You got a lot of money tied up in a quarterback position that you think is good. You probably don't think it's great. Even if you even if you really like Nick Foles, and I do, I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback, as you mentioned, right. not an elite quarterback. I think he's a guy that on this team, if the defense is anywhere near what it has been, and the running game is what it could be, I think you can win and be a playoff contender with Nick Foles right away. I agree. The hard part is is that, is that it, it hurts you in the short term. But the reason you got Nick Foles is because you need immediate success. Mm-hmm. You need success 
in the short term. Um, if you're if you're you know playing the long game here, you're thinking drafting a quarterback at number seven. Number seven, if you've got time. But I don't think Doug Marone and this staff. Uh, I don't feel like they think they have time. No, they don't. They they've don't got, have, they've they got they don't have time right to now. win five or six games. So you get the quarterback, you pay a quarterback, overpay a quarterback, leave little room to uh, add some other free agents because Nick Foles is a, is a guy, it, we've, I've said it before, you've got to get some pieces around him. And right now, honestly, Cole, I'm not thrilled about really anything right now around him. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Foles uh, had his success. With the, with the Eagles because he was surrounded by some very good football players. He was in a system that he was comfortable with. He had an aggressive, uh, bold play caller, and they got on a roll. You know, And listen, I'm not taking anything away from Nick Foles, but if you want Nick Foles, you better get that environment around him. Yeah, I think one piece of that puzzle is John Filippo, the offensive coordinator, who was his quarterback's coach two years ago. That will help him feel You know uh, what? Yes, yes and no. At least with the language and the communication. You know what? I think it'll be comfortable for Nick because he knows John. He's worked yep. with John. Now, when he worked with them, John was his quarterback coach. Listen, there's a big difference between a, uh, an offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach. Quarterback coach, this oversimplify this, you're coaching one guy. It's more about relationship than anything else. Mm-hmm. Are you working on the fundamentals? Probably not when you're a 28-year-old quarterback in the NFL. What you're doing is you're presenting him the game plan. You're communicating the game plan. This is how we're going to beat the Redskins or the Cowboys. Uh, that's really it. A coordinator's job is entirely different. Um, that relationship uh, is different. Sometimes just because you have a good quarterback coach, Go. I promise you, it does not mean you're a good offensive coordinator. No doubt. Yeah, and just we've seen because, that at every level. Yes, and yeah. just because you're a good coordinator, offensively or defensively, right. does not mean you're a good head coach. Um, so I love that there's some, some familiarity for Nick Foles as he gets here. Already in the building, he knows somebody I'm guessing he's friends with, a good relationship with, good, good work and rapport. But that doesn't automate to me, it doesn't mean that Nick Foles, because this guy was in Philly, is going to enjoy the same success. I'm, I'm actually yeah. concerned about it. So you, you're concerned that that there's an expectation that having John Filippo there makes Nick Foles X going forward. I, I think it's good for I think it's good for Nick that he's got someone in the building that he knows, and that's about it. That, great. Right. I know somebody in the building, but that does not mean that that that. Philly's success is going to translate into Jaguar success. That doesn't mean that. You're completely wrong. The Jaguars are winning the Super Bowl <laughs> this year. I don't know why. And it's, listen, we've we've seen we've seen Nick Foles' success as a player. All right, we're going to give him eighty-eight million dollars. All right, I get it. I'm for it. We'll wait and see just how good he is. I think Nick Foles will do fine. He's not going to make mistakes. He's going to win a few games for us. He's going to have some really good moments. I believe that. Because um, I do think we'll, 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 we'll put some people around him. The unknown for me is how will John Filippo do as the offensive coordinator? Yeah. How did he do in Cleveland? Not, not good. Not real well. Yeah. But he was in Cleveland. All right? And so is that the personnel? Probably the biggest part of it. Is that his ability to put together... Uh, install the right system, to communicate that system, to call the right game, to game plan pressure situations. Could he deliver? Could he perform? We don't know. I know he's a good quarterback coach. I've heard that from multiple people around the league. 
John D. Filippo is a good quarterback coach. Well, you know what? He's not the quarterback coach in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. He's the offensive coordinator. And, and uh, so Nick Foles is not an unknown to me. I know he's going to do well. I just don't know how well. I don't know about the offensive coordinator. Let me, let me compare Foles here just for a second here on, uh, to Bortles in terms of, and this is a way that a lot, a lot of times scouts will evaluate draft players, draftable players. Floor and ceiling. Where is Nick Foles' floor, in other words, the worst he's going to be, and his ceiling, the best he's going to be, compared to where you thought Blake Bortles' floor and ceiling was coming into this past season? That's a tough question. I'm not going to make go easy on you. You're going to get one-word answers here, Brunel. Let's go. Listen, I just rambled for 10 minutes, all right? (laughs) Um, Comparing the two, floor and ceiling... Um, let me talk about Blake Bortles. I actually thought this was the year. When we got on the other side of that, on that, uh, when we got to three and one, mm-hmm. when we beat the actually when we beat the Patriots, I thought, all right, it's clicked. All right, he he's got it. He's figured it out. Just based on what we saw, we watched the game. We mm-hmm. we were there. I thought, all right, he's got some confidence. He's taking. All the success from last year, the end of la- the previous year in the, in the playoffs, and it and he has transitioned all of that into this year. Now, you and I aren't in the building. We're not in the meeting room. We're not coaching him. We don't know. Um, it's easy for us up in the press box sitting next to each other to, you know, over, watching Blake Bortles over the years to, to say, I ah, didn't do this, but you just don't know. As I played 19 years. I, I, if I'm not in the building, if I'm in the meeting room or, or breaking down the tape with the coaches, it's really hard for me to tell, but I really thought this was going to be Blake's year, and um, I did. Now I never, I never departed from thinking that Blake Bortles, you know, needed to have good people around him. But I thought he he had some good pieces around him. And then guys started getting hurt. It started falling apart. Leonard gets hurt. The line, Cam, Marquise. I'm like, oh gosh, how is he going to be all right? Well, you know what? Not only was it bad, I. You know, I expected him to struggle, but he really struggled. Yeah. Like, he really, the, really struggled. The floor was yeah. in the basement. You know, and, yeah. and, and it just fell apart around him. I thought that he fell apart. And I was actually kind of surprised this year that he wasn't able to handle that better. Um, now, I, I would say the press, the locker room, I thought he handled that like a pro. Mm-hmm. But just being able to not let the bad surroundings really, really – you know, affect his game. Yeah. You know, so this that makes is, sense. I, I, I agree with you, and, and this is how I would, you know, visualize it. In, in, if, you're, if you're replacing a quarterback whose floor is at zero and his ceiling is at five with a guy whose floor is at six and his ceiling is at ten, that's an obvious thing. Yeah. Right? That's replacing Cody Kessler with Tom Brady. All right? Obvi- right. Everybody will do that. Yeah. It's not, that doesn't happen very often. But to me, Foles' floor is not that much below where Bortles' ceiling was in terms of what he actually did. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't know how high Foles' ceiling is, but he's done some things, again, in the right situation with the right, right. people around him, that Bortles never did. Deliver in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Make plays when the game is on the line. That's the difference. You're Lead right. Lead a team back. You nailed it. I really value that yep. in a quarterback. Because I, you know, again, 
Part of this goes back to my early days of covering the National Football League. Uh, the first team where I covered as a, as a member of the media was Joe Montana's Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Well, even in watching the game before that and as a fan, uh, I saw some, you know, decent quarterbacks, Steve DeBerg, journeyman who had, who had a great running game and a great defense and how that worked. But yep. to have somebody like Montana who was so good in the clutch at the end of games, that's to me what separates a good quarterback from a great quarterback. Yep. And Bortles never had those moments. Yeah. He played well in the postseason, but he never had that down by six with four minutes to go, drive down the field, throw the touchdown pass. I, the word, Cole, is hope. Because we're going to get in some, some close games at the end. And at least in 2019 with Nick Foles, you're going to have a measure of hope. Because he's done it before. Mm -hmm. And to your point, and you absolutely nailed it. And that's the biggest difference. Blake didn't deliver in those moments. It was too much for him. He was overwhelmed. And that just wasn't his deal. And that will always that will kind of be his biggest downfall. Nick Foles is, is not the case. Uh, because he's had moments like that in the fourth quarter where he's taken a team down and he's won a game. Big games. Mm -hmm. We'll get into those moments this year. In your, and Now, is he going to win every one of them? I don't know. No quarterback wins them all. Right. But the really good ones win the ones that they're supposed when, when to win. When you were in New Orleans with Drew Brees, yeah. did you ever think, standing there on the sideline with a headset and a clipboard, that, oh, Drew, this is, Drew can't do this. <laughs> right? I, there was, I, it, you were surprised when Drew didn't yes. do it. Yeah. You and, were surprised. And I don't think the Jaguars or anybody is expecting Nick no. Foles to be Drew Brees. He's not. He's not Drew Brees. But... He's got enough. He's got enough juice. Where when we get into those tight games and you need him to deliver, he can. He can because he's done it. And so I, I think, that's why you give him twenty-two million. Yeah. You know, because with our defense, listen, we've already won six games with that defense. And I'm going to get. We've already won six. I want to get to that in just a minute. And he's and having Nick Foles with a couple pieces, that's going to win us five more, four or five more. You like Mark that. Brunel just went 11 wins. Yeah, 11, 11 wins. and 5. <laughs> I, I'm going to – hey, it's March. Why not? Why uh, not? Uh, last thing on, on the, the contract numbers. Yeah. Um, one of the most ridiculous things I've heard, because I think it, $22 million a year was more than I was expecting. Me too. That I thought it would come in somewhere around 17, 18, because – Lack of competition. There's no one else out there. Right. Who else was bidding? And, and so I think the Jaguars have overpaid for that. I'm just saying that right now. I think they paid too much. I don't think it's – I think they paid basically one good, not great free agent too much for them. Yeah. In other words, the amount of money where they could go out and get a um, better than just reliable yep. but not Pro Bowl level player. Yep. Um, and I think that might wind up costing them, hurting them a little bit here this year uh, in the near, near future. But – uh, that being said, one of the arguments I heard somebody, uh, NFL Network or, or ESPN, I can't remember who it was, saying that the reason why the Jaguars paid him that much was because they wanted him to have, you know, I credibility in the yeah. locker room. Because it's his team. Confidence coming in, knowing that he's the guy. Two questions. <laughs> first, first of all, have, you've been around this game for a long time. Is there a difference between seventeen million and twenty-two million as far as a player looking at what somebody else is making? 
matters? No, nah, not in the least. Not in the least bit. I didn't think so either. No. Number you, number two. Clearly, whether like, to your point, you give Nick seventeen or eighteen, he's the guy. He's the guy. You give him twenty-two, he's still the guy. He's still the guy. He's no more the guy. He's just you know he just has a really good agent. If they paid, he's the guy that has a great agent. <laughs> If they paid him three and a half million a year, now there's a difference. Okay, yeah. well, that's backup quarterback money. Yeah, because you and could bench that guy. Yeah, you, no right. Big deal. Exactly. To your point, it's it does impact coaching decisions to a sure. uh, to a certain level. Yep. The other the other thing here, I was thinking was if if somebody needs a contract to prove that they can play to somebody, then I don't know what. I don't understand that logic. Yeah, He'll prove it on Sundays, yes or no. doesn't matter how much he is or isn't making. Those players in that locker room and on that field will know, is he the guy? And they'll probably start to develop some uh, opinions about that in the first OTAs, the first time they're out on the field together, won't they? Absolutely. And it would actually would be a lot easier for Nick Foles if he was making 17 or 18. Chip on the shoulder kind of thing? Or? No. Well, that, that or would because they would be able to get more players. You'll get more players. You actually won't have the $22 million pressure. He's got $22 million a year. We're already talking about him being overpaid and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Yeah. When he goes out there, and or if he goes out there, and after six games, we're two and four, because he's making 22 and he's not really delivering, if that's the case, the boober is going to be quick to be all over him. You and I are going to be quick to be all oh, over yeah. him because – Hey, you got $22 million. You, gotta pay, you, you know, we paid you a lot of money. You got to play like $22 million. Uh, so it, 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 does add, it does add a lot of pressure. I got to be honest. I'm a big jerk about quarterbacks. If he, I don't care how much he's making. If he's not playing well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be I'm gonna. Oh, I'm right with him. you. Are, Are you kidding? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what I mean, though? I mean, you just got a huge contract, yeah, it's, maybe it's more, more than ammunition. you deserve. Uh, it's more ammunition. We yeah. paid him $22 million. Yeah. Listen, if I'm Nick Foles, I'm not going to take 17 or 18 just because, you know, just because I want to sign other players, you get as much as you can. For sure. But I will say this too, you know, you do not have to be an elite guy to get between twenty and twenty-five these days. Mm-mm. You know, no. that's just kind of the market. You yep. can say he's overpaid. I think under the circumstances, the Jaguars paid probably more than they needed to because there yep. wasn't another bidder. If, if there's another bidder, sure. twenty-two, twenty-three, maybe twenty-four. I get it, but nobody else would seem to be in the game. But. There's a lot of guys in the 20s right now that are just okay. Yeah. And, you know? and the Jaguars need Nick Foles to be just a little bit better than just okay. Yeah, and he will be. So He will be. Um, did the Jaguars miss out on adding some other we'll find big out. name guy? OBJ? Would that have been a move that the oh, Jaguars would have made? Oh, you talk about surrounding Nick Foles with the right people. Could you imagine... You now, he's, he's a little different personality today. They all are. Right? They're, they, that just goes with greatness at that position many times. It does a lot. Although, you know? <laughs> we, we were talking about this in the office the other day, and somebody said, well, you know, have there been any great wide receivers recently who aren't divas? And, you know, Calvin oh, Johnson, yeah. oh, Andre yeah. Johnson can absolutely. jump right to mind. Guys Julio are, Jones is a pretty solid guy, yeah, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So, so there, there have been. But you do, for some reason cornerbacks and wide receivers, guys that are out there on an yeah. island and, and exposed. OBJ, they're the Des Bryants, yeah. and the list you get goes that. on. Yeah, Randy on. Moss had 
plenty of that uh, in his day when he was playing? You know, they're just misunderstood. Is that what it is? Yeah, they just, you know, they just need a hug. Okay. You got to hug it out with the quarterback. That's it. <laughs> That's, let's see. You know, how... Jimmy and Keenan were no different than Dez and OBJ. I just managed them so well. It was well. all about you. It was all about me. Yeah. I just kind of, you know, I, I just I understood them. We hugged it out. We talked. We broke bread, you know. We just, you know, I, I'm just... I'm oh, a giver. We all I was a giver. We all understood Keenan. He just wanted every ball thrown to him. <laughs> it wasn't that. Uh, and he just got bad because Jimmy got everything thrown to him. <laughs> Even when Jimmy wasn't open. Now I'll throw it up to Jimmy. Oh, Keenan, Keenan's kind of covered. I think I'll throw it somewhere else. Where's Kyle? <laughs> uh, this could get in a rabbit hole in a hurry. Yeah, goodness. Uh, all right, let's... Uh, I'm going swimming. Let's also talk about um, uh, the... The defense, because the Jaguars say goodbye to Malik Jackson, say goodbye yep. to Tashawn Gibson. No surprises there, right? Um, a little surprise on Gibson. Really? A little bit. I understand from a salary cap standpoint, but I thought it was very good. And be Jared Wilson is now the guy who is in that position to, to play that. But you know, when they got so they've gotten rid of both their starting safeties from the beginning of, of twenty eighteen. Right. Barry Church late in the season, and now and now Gibson. Yeah. Um, it does open. I have been sort of playing with this. Oh, conversations. here we go. Here we go. You ready for this? I'm ready. If the Jaguars are sitting at number seven, and the best player on the board is a cornerback, let's say Greedy Williams from LSU, and Juwan Taylor is off the board, those top three or four defensive linemen are off the board, they're not going to draft a quarterback there and they can't get value to trade back, would you draft a cornerback and say, you know what? We've got an open free safety spot right now, Jalen. Boy, I didn't expect this. What's, is that water? What, you, what is that? I don't know. You gave it to me. It's, I know, but I don't remember. It's got a smell to it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Vernell House. <laughs> oh, Cole. You need something to wrestle with here. I mean, just something to, to ponder. You're, you're crazy. I mean, I realize in part of this is saying, why would you move maybe the best cornerback in the game away from that? But the is impact. Is he a big enough tackler? Is he physical enough? I is he tough is. enough, you I think, think? Yeah, again, free safety, not playing strong safety. Yeah, that's true. We're not gonna put him, you're not going to put Jalen in the box. No, he's, Jalen's going to cover all. And by the way, they, they did some of that this past year. Yeah, I saw playing a him, of that. Playing him at say, and, he, and he covers a lot of ground. And for get, get the ball in Jalen's hands that way and let him. And let him run around. I mean, I'm not saying it's. Huh. I'm just. I'm not saying I believe that this is the right thing to do. I'm just. But I'm not totally cool. against it. Just a thought. I just think there's so many needs on offense. But you know, the draft is a funny thing. At number seven, things can change. And and cornerback's a position where a young player, a rookie, can actually come in and make it and, and play right away. Yeah. And, and, as Jalen did. Oh, absolutely. There's no question. Well, I'm a firm believer. If if, if you draft a kid in the first round. He's got to play. Not only does he have to play, but he has to make a difference, which uh, uh, Taven Bryan, I, I, I still wrestle with that mm -hmm. one. I just, I just wrestle with that yeah. one. And that, by the way, that's not, the, that's not a top 10 pick, so the, you put it through a different filter a little bit. But, yeah. but a, a top 10 pick, I think, has got to play for you right away. And unless, you know, very rarely does a wide receiver make a huge impact as a rookie. Yeah, it's, it's a big adjustment for those guys. It is. Mm -hmm. So, again, we'll see. And remember, Tom Coughlin likes to draft quarterbacks. Pass rushers. Pass rushers and offensive tackles yep. uh, early in. in He's not going to do a quarterback. Right. So 
We need a tackle. I think Juwan Taylor is the most likely guy to get drafted, the, the Florida right tackle right Gosh, now for the Jaguars. another Florida tackle? Jeez. I mean. It's like tackle you down there. Play him at right tackle, and, and if he lives up to that spot, then you, be great. you've solved the spot uh, yeah. on, the, on, on the line. Yep. Anyway, something to think about. We'll, yep. we'll ponder I'm, that. I'm chew on that for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's water. Uh, <laughs> all right. A reminder, you can subscribe to Teal the Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And as always, you can find Teal the Podcast under the sports tab of newsforjacks.com. Mark, I'm going to go for a swim now. All right, but bathing suit required. Never mind. I guess I'll go back. (laughs) (laughs) Got a pool, got a pond. Pond would be good for you. (laughs) For Mark Brunel, I'm Cole Pepper. Thanks for listening to Teal the Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.